I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey, pussy, are you still there? Lee! I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up! I back it up! That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, bro. Hey, John, do you think I'm just gonna sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope you guys you come ready. Hi, I'm Michael Morgan, and welcome to the midweek edition of the Wokecast. It's for the hard way today. We've got Chisanga Malata, we've got G from WoTV, and my brother from another mother. He needs that introduction. Let's just have a drum roll, please, for the one, the only, Kairos Bodley. Oh, Why that's getting in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> was, it, was that too much? Did, 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 did I go? No, did I go no, no. <laughs> he he deserves no, a red carpet introduction, it. man. Ow, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> so every single Wednesday, it will be for the hard way with us chewing the fat over well, what's hot and what's not in the world of mixed martial arts. It could be talking about the forthcoming cards, but. This week we're going to be chewing over what each of us have actually brought to the table this week by way of talking points. Now, I wanted to kick off the proceedings because I just have to get this off my chest so that I can get the anger out because yes, there is some anger and we're talking about Platinum Mike Perry. Platinum Mike Perry who, uh, as you all know, uh, this coming Saturday will be facing Perry... <coughs> sorry. <coughs> sorry. Mickey Gould. Mm. Now, Mickey, um, Mickey don't be dissing my don't be dissing my boy Mickey go. <laughs> no, let me be quiet. Let me be quiet. I'm already getting feisty here. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. <laughs> so Perry Gore goes down this Saturday, but you also know that he'll be backed up. I mean, he he's uh, he's pulled out all the stops in terms of uh, people who are actually going to be cornering him. Latori Gonzalez, the well famous Latori Gonzalez, will be. Uh, joining you in the corner. Can I just get a moment of silence for this, uh, this, this specimen of uh, coachery? Because, you know, really and truly, we're talking about the world-renowned Latori uh, Gonzalez. Let's just, you know, marinate on Have you not second. seen her pad holding, bro? It's, it's t second well, to none. She, she wrestled none. in high school as well. So, <laughs> you know, we got a real winner here. So she's wrestler as well. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> Speaking of chicken, <laughs> it's funny how um, when I see uh, Mike Perry in person, a lot of these uh, online antics don't actually take place because I just, just you know, just for context, I remember, um, and that is, this isn't really the talking point, but I just want to select this for context. I remember way back when Mike Perry uh, was called out for um, basically racism um, in that he mocked, um, uh, I think it was his opponent at the time, and he um, was lambasted for it on, on, on Twitter. Now, fast forward to recent events where, in recent memory, this is the same Mike Perry who dressed in Native American attire and was mocking the Native American people. But let's just park that because, you know, time is a healer. And uh, obviously sufficient time has actually surpassed so that you'd think that he would earn or he would learn the error of his ways. Nah, bruh. Ain't happening for Mike Perry because recently he's uh, drawn the ire of European 
fans. Um, if you're a fan of Darren Till, you've been following uh, the back and forth between the two in which he called us. Uh, well, actually, I'm going to bring up the quote. Funny all, funny all you miserable bums in Europe are jealous, wanking off your mates in a circle jerk while I block your whole shitty oh, wow. continent. <laughs> the only thing you guys are raw-dogging is all your buddies. Darren Till has anal warts. Oh. Now, <laughs> now, he has he has full control of his faculties. This isn't somebody who is um, uh, passed on the the honour of his uh, Twitter duties to uh, an admin. But let's just fast forward to recent <laughs> times where Mike Perry, um, well, supposedly one percent black Mike Perry, was drawn on. Black Lives Matter. And uh, I think the quote was, he has actually recently um, deleted this tweet, but it was something along the lines of, you lot have time to be looting and shit. I don't really have time to be backing you all up. Words to that effect. But you know, again, again, time is a healer. And um, it was this recent uh, outburst which kind of caught my eye. It was not just because of what was said it was the embarrassing way in which it was delivered so much so that the person who was actually interviewing Mike Perry had to kind of give him a side eye sideways glance now I'm going to pull it the audio if you haven't heard this already Um, let me just cue this up as we are speaking right here we go now I'm going to go out there and I'm going to stop rushing it I'm going to just stand there and I don't think anybody's going to take anything from me And I'll, if I'm just standing my ground. Yeah. Shout yeah. out Black Lives Matter. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So now, now I'm going to go out there and I'm going to I have to say, I have to say, um, if you haven't seen the video, the cringe look on the interviewer's face is what really done me in. But to actually put the icing on the cake, it was just the reference to Black Lives Matter and, you know, the raising of the fist. Now, I know he's uh, claiming 1% black, but I think it's about time that we trade Mike Perry. <laughs> we trade him to the aliens because he's not of this planet. He is not of this realm. He is not of this universe. I mean, am I being overly protective of our, um, our culture here? Am I being overly protective of the fact that, you know, as a European, uh, a, a Brit in Europe, uh, perhaps I'm a little bit sensitive. Or is Mike Perry just a tool? I mean, I'll just bring that to the table this week because I have to say I was quite incensed when I saw that. And um, that's my talking point, which I'm bringing to the table. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Well, I, I, I guess I'll go first. First of all, you're putting some disrespect on Mike Perry's name. He's not 1% black. He's 2% black, bro. That, that's, what, that's what the 23 and me said. That's what the 23 and me said. <laughs> And also, you're also putting a disrespect on the interviewer's name because that, of course, is Ultimate Fighter Season 1 veteran Mike Quick Swick. Yeah. Of course, it was the hat that threw yeah. me. Yes, you're, you're of course right. But, yeah, where do I start with, uh, with Mike Perry? It just seems that with each passing week, he just... He moves himself more and more into the toolbox, literally. <laughs> <laughs> it just... I can't... I can't it, it, yeah, as I said, each week, each passing week, he's, he does something or he says something that just makes me think, 
uh, yeah, just make, but it makes me gasp and sigh like that. But it just makes me think what your mental faculties aren't aren't yeah. in aren't, aren't in place, and you probably shouldn't be getting punched in the head for a living. Now, with regards to the hashtag Black Lives Matter thing, I, when I, when I when you said that or whatever, I was just like, you're literally just trying to cause a bit of a furore online, and then remind people of the whole two percent black thing and just whatever and what have you because obviously he's trying to make he's trying to put a positive well, not a positive light on himself he's trying to put himself in headlines rather than having darren till's trolling putting himself in headlines there so i didn't yeah. pay yeah i didn't pay any attention to that fool and in the words of mike perry no not mike perry sorry in the words of kyrus bodley who a couple of weeks ago just said with no remorse fuck mike perry <laughs> Fuck my parents. <laughs> Facts. Yes. Yes. I'm going to piggyback on that one. I agree with you totally, 100%. I think he's just simply Sorry, self-promoting. Can I, can, I, can I just jump in? Can I just jump in just before? Because I, there was one crucial oh, fact yeah. that I missed out. He is very, very keen to use the word nigger. Oh, yeah. In every single sentence, that seems to jump out of his lips. I just throw that in there. Anyway, sorry, as you were, Yeah, no, like, I'm glad you interrupted me because it's like I have my computers up and I just, like, did a, you know, Google search and what comes up is, you know, Mike Perry, UFC fight manager, has to explain his use of the N-word. Mike Mike Perry publicly (laughs) insults Michael J. White with the N-word. Mike Perry uses the N-word YouTube. Guys, I can still go. Mike Perry, I'm 2%, so I'm legally allowed to say the N-word. These are YouTube and Google searches here. This is nuts, like... Enough with Black Lives Matter. This mm. is getting out of hand to me, and it's it's getting offensive. And you, y'all know me; I can't stand when people bring politics and race into the sport because it it gets us all riled up when we start talking about things like this. And then next thing you know, people are like, "Oh, why are you talking about politics?" It just brings like negativity. We're laughing and shit, but sometimes it's like enough, Mike. Please, <laughs> you know. <laughs> why is wh- yeah? Where's Karis? Why Karis? is he so quiet? <laughs> I'm not used thinking to about what I'm about to say. <laughs> I'm thinking about what I'm trying to stay calm. Mike Perry is the epitome of those people who are like, everybody wants to be black until it's time to be back. black. Or everybody yeah. wants to be black until yeah. the police show up. Yep. You want to reap the benefits. You want to use the culture to your betterment. And then when it comes time to support, you're nowhere to be found. MIA, undisclosed locations. Like I said before, it's fuck Mike Perry. I told y'all this years ago. Yep. I was saying this back when he first appeared on the scene. People were like, he's so funny. Oh my God, he's saying the N-word and he knocks people out. And he's so creative. And his manager, Maki Cow, was like, he's allowed to say the N-word as a white guy. Do you know how hard that is? Like, first of all, you're a fucking bum. <laughs> right. Your manager's a fucking bum too. Yeah. And everybody who empowers you are fucking bums. And now everyone's just starting to realize it because he's losing fights. Guarantee you, if he was still winning fights, y'all would still be on his ass about this. Yep still be on so it's like bro i'm so sick and tired of it and yeah we can joke around about him not having a corner and doing the diego sanchez treatment but if we're going to be real he's about to starch mickey gall mickey gall's a fucking dead man he doesn't need someone in his corner to help him so this isn't going to matter like he could have me in his corner and he's still going to win this fight that's why i'm upset because he's going to win and people are going to start liking him again i saw a tweet today i think it was amanda sanchez she was like can't wait to see mike perry and bare knuckle boxing i was about to say Good luck with that, because he's going to win this fight, and he's probably going to win the next three, because they're going to keep handing him layups. Fuck! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, hey, I've got a lot of love for Mickey Go. I'm rooting for him this fight. He's going to submit him. I'm rooting for him, too, but... He's going to submit him. And if he don't, I'll do 25 press-ups. Yeah, I think you're going to... Yes. Oh, okay. Deal. I have yeah. to say, I'm team I'm team Kairos. Yeah. I'm team Kairos here. I think Ty- Kairos has actually nailed it. 
I, I can't believe that we are all exactly on the same page. <laughs> he has nailed it. He has articulated yes, my every I don't being, have to say feeling, shit. thought, and emphasis. Mm. So I'm the, I'm the only one picking Mickey? I'm the only one? <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think Mickey right. kills him, yes. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. But hold on, hold on. Let's, let's just, let's just <laughs> rewind episode slightly. Did you just hear the gauntlet just drop there? He said 25 press-ups. Let's take him you up on that. I'm in. All three of us. Can you do Triple 25? Because you might want to bring him down. This is a risky bet, brother. Oh, I can, I can, I can do 25. <laughs> I can just do 20. You know, I'll do 25. I'll do 25 on the incline oh, as well. I'll put my feet up and okay. do it. That yes. shit. All right. Yeah. On an incline. Yeah. I don't know if Mickey's going to do it. Yeah. Up, tag me, please. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I mean, but Mickey, go, okay. no, for real, let's, let's digest this for a minute because we can't just let Jasanga say this and run off. No. Mickey Gall, of all people, like his, his, his cardio is pretty bad. Um, he bit Diego Sanchez when he was getting the shit kicked out of him. He's, I believe Mickey Gall, all jokes aside, should be on the regional circuit. That's why I'm picking Mike Perry, not because I like him or, or whatever. I just simply think Mike Perry is the better fighter here, and that's why he's trolling us with his like little teenage coach and, and trying to get us to remember that he's not really black, but he wants to profit off of us. You know what I'm saying? Like That's why he's yeah. doing that. That because yeah. he's gonna go in there and he's gonna kick that kid's ass because Mickey Gall sucks. So I don't know. Oh. I don't know. He just the, does. Like he's not that good. Perhaps. Yeah, I, I agree with the notion. Perhaps he came into the UFC yeah. a bit too early. I think was it 2016 that he's been in, and he's only he's 28 now. So really, in an ideal world, he probably should have been entering the UFC maybe this year mm-hmm. or last year when he yeah. was a bit a bit more seasoned. He's a, he's a killer I, I, on the ground. He's an excellent. Oh, of course, grappling. yeah. Yes, and there's I'll a there, there's yes. a funny video. There's a funny video I'll, I'll send to you guys. So I think it was a couple years ago. Mickey Gold was one of the guest fighters at UFC London, and uh, the UFC actually set up uh, like a, a a mock rolling session between me and Mickey. And boy, did I get my ass handed Ooh. to me. I was at the time I was weighing like a hundred hundred kilos. So that must be like what two hundred twenty pounds for you guys or what have you. And Mickey just literally ragged on me. I'll send yeah. you guys the video, and then you can laugh, and then you can appropriately Photoshop my face when <laughs> when when he gets beat. Yeah, he's <laughs> ah. So hold if on, hold on. Beat. This is the real story. No, here. No. that's your boy. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's why you're backing taking. him. You're rolling, mm-hmm. buddy. Hey, mm-hmm. hey, hey. He's he's, he's, he's a really nice guy. Yeah, uh, and uh, you've been choked out by him, so you're a believer. You're like, yeah, he's gonna choke him out. I'm, I damn near went to no, sleep. No, it was. A, it was actually. I'm pretty sure he got me with the Kimura. Oh, like, yeah. He, no, he, he did get me. He did get me with the standing guillotine as well. God Ooh. damn it, standing guillotine as well. Yeah, I get it. Chisanga <laughs> has PTSD. I get it, hun. He's like, listen, I know, I know, I know, I know what this kid can do. Y'all don't know. <laughs> oh god, PTSD. Not not meaning to underline the point that G has already made, but. Let's talk about his caliber because coming into the UFC, let's just remember that his first opponent was mm. Mike Jackson, journalist. Mm. Mike the, Jackson. Truth. the truth. The truth. Yes. <laughs> Second opponent was mm. CM Punk. Mm. CM Punk. Yes. Let's just marinate yes. on that for a second. Third opponent, Sage Northcutt. No, okay, I won't carry on. Yeah. You can see where I'm going with this. Less than yeah. stellar opponents. Yeah. Come on. Are you sure you want to still pursue this? Diego Sanchez murked And he, had, he oh, bit uh, him. Um, he was so scared. Like, he bit the man in the chest. He was oh, getting beat up so bad. And then he and then he won. And, <laughs> no, I was no. Then I went to his fight in Jersey. And, like, 
he had the hometown crowd and he still was like just like fighting like he was underwater like he just got so tired against the late replacement i just can't pick mike perry i can't Mm, all right well we'll we'll see we'll see people we'll see come come sunday morning i'll be in your mentions don't worry facts (laughs) (laughs) who's up next any volunteers or (laughs) yeah the floor is yours all right um let's see i wanted to talk about that I thought it was kind of crazy that Anthony Smith criticized Max. How do you say his last name? Rush- Rushkoff, I, I've been saying. Rushkoff. How about you, Chisanga? You that, always get um, it bang on, and, and then and then slate me for getting it badly, right. badly, badly wrong. I'm not even going to try this one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I haven't tried it, so leave me out of this. I don't like to butcher people's names. I'll, me too. I'll, I'll let y'all do that. So I'm going to just say. Anthony Smith was recently saying that he thought that um, Max's corner should have let him quit and that this wasn't a blood sport. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, damn, I was thinking you would want Max's corner in your corner because when you fought Glover, it was like blood yeah. sport. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like his teeth were mm-hmm. coming out. He didn't want to quit. And I feel like you're probably more compatible <laughs> with, you know, Drysdale. And I was kind of surprised that he critiqued him like that. And he actually was with the fans and myself like, no, when a fighter wants to quit, they don't have it in them. And his coach should have, you know, quit for him. And I was just shocked. Because I really thought Anthony Smith was going to be okay with what he saw. Because he, you know, after his fight, he told his whole team, like, they're not supposed to throw in the towel for me. So, I don't know. I Ooh. thought it was, I don't know. And then I saw on Twitter some people thought it was hypocritical and controversial. And I'm, I don't, mm. what do y'all think? Ooh, yeah. Uh, a lot people need to be able to separate two separate issues it's like just because i come from a hard knock lifestyle and my coaches want me to die on the stool doesn't necessarily mean that i want to see someone else die on that stool i've been through it so why would i want to see someone go through that people need to separate that too Mm -hmm. also i saw this video surface about um him talking before the fight happened not anthony smith the other man um and he was saying yeah i can't wait to take on top five opponents blah 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 blah. i'm this that and that and he's confident in his his abilities and everyone's just like well now i don't feel so bad that his corner wanted him to go out there and do that it's like what the fuck do you mean you don't feel as bad now because he's confident in his abilities (laughs) you don't like him now like and then in the same breath i guarantee you they're the same people saying i like mike perry i like like so-and-so i like xyz <laughs> fighter and they're confident in their abilities it's like motherfucker shut up y'all look so eager to hate somebody just to hate them mm. and ugh, like to be fair this is an important issue this is an important issue like in our sport right now we always talk about well why can't fighters say that they're done well he did that and his corner refused mm. to refused mm. to take him out he had to go to the rep mm. himself and say he was done imagine Insane. if he didn't have the courage to do that on national television right we could have had it. We could have legitimately seen like someone die. We could have. We could have legitimately seen someone go out there and get killed if he didn't stand up against his coaches. Which is why we need to hold his. His not we. We ain't got the power to do shit. But the UFC <laughs> and their athletic commissions need to stand up and hold his corner accountable. I'm not saying you ban them for a year. I'm not saying you ban them for six months. But make it so that they can't corner anybody for like two to three months. Right. Like for on the on the mm-hmm. real. Like hold them accountable because. 
let this let this happen again they're gonna have few and few fighters set want to stick up against their corner and say nah i can't do it anymore and that's gonna set the sport back 10 20 years we always joke about how women want to do certain things in sports like with dancing and expressing themselves they're like oh that set the sport back 10 years like jokingly but that legit this legitimately can set the sport back 10 years when you have fighters out there not willing to stand up for what they think is right for their career and their health and wellness like and it's bullshit yeah yeah I've, I'm in complete agreement with you. And look, I, I, I love Anthony Smith. I love his analysis of fights and everything, but I think he was completely off the mark. And as Kyra said, just because you want to go out on your shield and have your corner not protect you from right. yourself, that doesn't mean that other fighters shouldn't have their corners protect them. And I'm pretty sure Anthony Smith said something about that like in yeah i think his exact quote was i come out of battle with my shield or i come on it that's my rule period and i mean it's very it's very it's, it's very rocky it's very rocky four where it's like it's very rocky four where he goes uh if he dies he dies but yeah. i mean you you have to learn to to live and fight another day and, and correct me if i'm wrong uh, I'm gonna butcher his name right now. Rockshpoff, or I think that's how he said. Anyway, Max, yeah. I, I, I butchered it. Max, yeah. I, is Max not only twenty or twenty-one years old or something like that? He's very young. Yeah, he's so very early 20s, he's in that yeah. area. So uh, yeah, and the thing mm -hmm. is, you've got to think about like longevity. If your man is taking a, a beating at such a young age when he wants to have a long mm -hmm. career, probably going into what is late 30s or less let's say 36 or 37 you can't have him taking unnecessary damage at such a young age mm -hmm. and let's not even forget your brain your uh, full your frontal cortex of your brain isn't fully formed until you're 25 years old exactly. so i mean uh, that whole situation when when i woke up and i saw it I, I tweeted it was one of the most uncomfortable things i've seen in a long time in any sport and that is true. I mean, the man said 18 times that I'm done, or he didn't use those exact words each <laughs> right. time, but he said 18, he intimated yeah. 18 times, 18 times. And I mean, I understand Robert Drysdale's job is to eliminate self-doubt. And that's the job of all, all coaches to, to make their fighters believe that, oh, you can push through barriers, uh, barriers that you don't think you can get through. But 18 times, man, like it's, it, it's, 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 and it, it it takes me back to UFC, I think two two four, the the last time a coach refused to pull a fighter out of the uh, the corner was when Raquel Pennington took on Amanda Nunes in in between the fourth and fifth round. She says, "I'm done, I'm done." Her coach didn't pull her out, and then Amanda literally oh, drew blood. Yes. It was like she, it's like she she took a knife to a stuck pig and just yeah. like it's she could have saved her. She like. Her, Sorry, she could have saved her. Her coach could have saved her that day. And, I mean, as Kyra said, it's going to take something really serious, like a really serious yeah. injury or, heaven forbid, a death. And I'm touching wood to make sure that never happens for coaches to realize that they have to start throwing in the towel. Well, why wait for that? I agree with what Kyra's like. Let's just start holding everyone accountable. And I, when I say everyone, I also think refs, too. Like, they need to give statements mm -hmm. on why they make these controversial decisions where a fighter takes too much damage. You know, like, we need to just hold people accountable in some way, shape, or form, which is to include the refs and corners. Like, he should not have to get up and tell the referee that he doesn't want to fight anymore. Like, it is literally the coach's mm -hmm. job to do that for a myriad of reasons, you know? We can go on and on and on, but at what point, who looks out for the fighter? And I, and you know, that's that's true. I'm interested to hear the thoughts of Mike, 
Mario Yamasaki Morgan on this. <laughs> to the death. <laughs> he likes to the death. I was about to say. You know what? Yeah. I, I, on I you go. On, you, on, on, you speak, on, the, on the last episode, um, which me and G broke down the whole situation, and that is, I think it was kind of obvious that he'd quit in the second round because, you know, the blood and indeed, basically his spirit left his body. Now, the way that I look at it is this, having come into the UFC so green, having come into the UFC having it all his own way, remember this is a guy who came into the UFC uh, 5-0, and all submissions, uh, has been out of the first round uh, once in all of those fights, so never gone to a third round. Mm-hmm. But I suppose the key and most important thing here is, getting back to your question, Jeeb, I'm surprised by Anthony Smith's take. I really am, considering what he's been through, considering, you know, um, what recent war um, that, you know, he was uh, the talking point of. Having his TV stolen. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, 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 is, that, is, that, is, that, is that John Jones on the call? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but, but given that... Hey, Dan, you're still there? <laughs> given that and, and the context of what should have um, been a fight that he should have walked away from, I'm surprised. But, you know, there was an interview which came out today and it was Max, Roche, Max uh, Rochkov. I forget who it was in particular but he was talking to MMA fighting and basically what he said was mm-hmm. um, his coach was doing his job that is what he employed his coach for this is a person and this is Max who had um, begged his coach to coach him begged for a chance in the UFC and essentially had employed um, Drysdale to actually ensure that he finished the fight so in actuality you know whilst we may have our takes on it you know max is entirely comfortable with the fact that his coach was sending him out there regardless of what he was saying because his coach was employed to do a job whilst we may agree or disagree with it fact is he's comfortable with that mm. sounds similar because oh. anthony was comfortable with you know his blood sport and his teeth falling out and you know continuing the fight mm. so I mean, perhaps it's a fighter's mentality because a lot of fighters online or the, you know, or even just people that I interact with on Twitter that train, they, they lean towards like the coach is supposed to do that, you know, like not let you quit, yeah. kind of motivate you. And Raquel Pennington was also the same way. She's like, I'm glad that they mm. sent me back out there. So, you know, I think that I find that rather interesting, you know. I find yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm gonna be yeah. with y'all for a second. Yeah. We can we can sit here and be like, I commend these fighters for going out there and wanting the kinti. Guess what? All right. Guess what? You were down four rounds to zero, mm-hmm. or you were down three rounds to zero. I don't care how you feel. Your corner should have handled you. What else are you supposed to say? They're your corner. They're the people you've been around mm-hmm. for months or years. You can't turn on them in the media. What are they supposed to say? Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you they aren't saying what they really feel. Right. Like, no, you, you mean to tell me Raquel Pennington is looking back at that situation and it's like, damn. I guarantee you when she was sitting on that stool, she was like, I ain't getting off this fucking stool. And then when they pushed her out there, she's like, man, fuck this bullshit. I got to take 50 more strikes from Amanda. Like, come on. We're really about to sit here and say that Amanda was grateful for that. No, I mean, not Amanda. That Raquel was grateful for that. Yeah. No, you were not. Mm-hmm. No, you are yeah. not. But you're not going to shit on your team like you said, you know. You're not yeah, really going to exactly. say what you really yeah. said when you went back there and was like, fuck, why didn't you call it? Well, I thought you could still, you know, like they're not going to discuss that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
you know. Yeah, unless they're fitting to join another team. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting, so. though? In that same interview that I talked about that um, was conducted with MMA Fighting, his main concern, and this is Max Rojkoff, his main concern was about his coach. So he called him the following morning after the fight, and he was more concerned about his disappointment in him and basically the fact that, you know, he wanted to check that he was okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's interesting, but again, like as, as Kyra said, he ain't going to turn on him publicly and I think he's going to try to do everything he can to take the pressure yeah. off him because obviously he's the fighter and fighters are the ones who, who, who take all the flack, all the shit from MMA Twitter and mm-hmm. all the reprobates are on MMA Twitter, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. And I'm sure he doesn't want he doesn't want that on a coach. So yeah, I understand why why he reached out and why in this interview. I think it was with uh, Mike Heck from MMA Fighting. Shout out Mike Heck, one of the stripy T-shirt. Uh, yes, yes, he is. I'm sure. I'm sure you won't, he wouldn't want to be referred to as the bold guy, but that's that is Mike Heck. Yes, he's uh, he's fantastic at what he does. But yeah, anyway, I've I've completely deviated from my point. I'm I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised that he uh, leapt to the defense of uh, Robert Droysdale. Okay, mm. next mm. up, come on, Kairos, come with the heat. Okay, I don't want to come off insensitive with this. I don't want to come off disrespectful, but here I go coming off insensitive and disrespectful. Listen. Oh, Lord. Rachel Ostevich. Rachel Ostevich got a one year suspension for Ostevich. Is anyone talking about this, or should I go to my subject beat? Is someone going to talk about this? Not me. Nope. Mm -mm. Rachel Osterin, did you say? Okay. Rachel Osterin got a one-year ban for a first-time drug offense. I forget the metabolite that what it was called, but I researched it, and I was like, "This is pretty. This is some pretty bad stuff." It wasn't like she was using it for. Uh, it wasn't like, "Oh, I was using it to cut weight." Blah blah. blah. It was like, mm-hmm. "No, this allows higher aerobic oh, wow. capacity, allows muscle and oh. bone density." Like, yeah, it's it was cheating. Like that. Yeah, it's it's it, it was like, "Oh, correct. so you yeah. cheat? You cheating?" Uh-huh. So yeah, when I first saw, I was like, "Why is she getting a year suspension?" I was like, "For your first time offense, a year? That's absurd." And I looked at this, I'm like, "Yeah, it should have been at wow. least two years." To be honest with you, and, wow. And looking at looking at her situation right now in the UFC, okay, she she is what five and six right now, something around that area. Four and five. Four and five, four and five I believe. Four and five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not. Ugh, okay. We'll, we'll work with that. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is this: if you were in her position. Would you sit out the rest of your suspension period? Because she's not that young. She's like what, thirty something? I don't mean the. I mean in fighting years, not like in right, real right, life. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and fighting career, she's not. She's not like 23, 24. She's like thirty-one, thirty in that avenue area. She's twenty-nine. If you were her, I believe. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm. She's about to enter her prime when she comes off this suspension. But anyway, exactly. what I mean to ask is this: Would you sit out this year? And wait for your suspension to end, or cut your contract with the UFC. Wait for other organizations to open back up and fight for them. I'd sit out. Oh, that's a very I'd, interesting. I'd, point. I'd sit yeah. out because the likelihood is, you know, the fights, especially, you know, there is massive talk at the moment about this second wave, which seems to be popping up, like you know, ferociously in cities across the US. That there's going to be some kind of like mm-hmm. lockdown and lockdown more. Stringent than the uh, previous time, but 
as well as that, you know, you, you'd really want to sit out so that you could remain wrong and strong. I've done nothing wrong, but you can do that from the confines of, well, basically indoors so that you can still fight for the UFC. Because that is the dream. That's supposedly the holy grail. That's the yellow brick road, isn't it, to fight for the UFC? So why would she cash in the chips now and say, OK, let me go and take my chances with another organisation, which is highly unlikely not going to be starting up again until well, beginning of next year, if the second wave is all that it's, it's um, being promised to be. But I suppose the, the most key thing here is, like you just said there, unless anybody's going to really do some digging around and do some real intricate in investigation, a lot of people, especially in my mind, um, would see that as a minor infraction. It wasn't a big deal. It's only that you put that in that context and you've actually laid it out exactly what it was and how it would actually enhance the performance. That's got me all raising an eyebrow. But I bet you, by and large, the, um, the, the UFC um, consuming public don't have that as a perspective okay i'm gonna go complete complete opposite i say cut ties with the ufc thank you cut your contract cut your contract go to bellator make money with sponsors there you go and and the talent pool uh, uh what, what what way did she fly she fly to flyway am i correct mm, or no strawway flyway no yep. i think pretty don't know yeah, we're yeah. Just proving our point <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly okay flyway. okay off, off, the, off, off the top of my head, Bellator's female flyweight division isn't the deepest. So there's the opportunity that she could go into Bellator, get a win. Like, I mean, Bellator could easily give her a layup fight. And then she could fight, um, who's the champion? Uh, Elima Lay McFarlane. For, and then she could become a champion within uh, two or three two or three fights. Okay, no. McFarlane would beat her No. Ass. How about we start with... Hey, I'm not saying she would win. I'm not saying she'd win. I'm not saying she'd win. I should have... I should have... Wow. No, 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 no. I'm saying... I, I should have prefaced by saying I don't think she'll win the fight. But oh, I'm just okay. saying the Bellator could... Yeah, they could... <laughs> I ain't that crazy. <laughs> Bellator, <laughs> Bellator could... They could uh, they could catapult her into a title fight realistically off the back of one or two wins. I mean, look, she's a she's a remarkable name. She has a visible presence on social media, and I know we talked about the social media um, yeah, side and yeah. how it translates to popularity and mm -hmm. and uh, and finances. But yeah, I, I I think that's a that's a viable route and something that she seriously should c consider because, I mean, well, anyway, like. Are the, are the UFC going to keep her anyway? I mean, she's four and five. That's a hard sell. Like, I can't think of... What are her goals? No, though? carry on. I think the decision lies with her because it's like, what are her goals? If she wants to make money, she should go to, the, she should go to Bellator. But if she wants to be like a mm -hmm. champion or if she is really into legacy, she has to remain in the UFC and get better at fighting so that she can be a UFC champion. I mean, what do you want to be, a UFC champ mm -hmm. or a Bellator mm -hmm. champ? If you want to make money with sponsors and shit, you go to Bellator. If you want the clout, yeah. the legacy, and if she feels that strongly about herself, she's going to prefer to fight in the UFC. Me, personally, I don't think she's that dope, and she has a lot more developing to do, and she should go to Bellator. Like Chisanga said, the, the competition pool is not that deep. She's marketable. She has, And she also has a, um, a name, even though like, it doesn't really match mm -hmm. like, her wins and <laughs> her abilities, like, but she's marketable. And she can take that name. Her fans only go from there and get sponsors. But if she wants to be champ, uh, she's got to stay in the UFC. And I doubt she goes to Bellator. Okay. I don't All right. Know. Full disclosure. I should have. Should have. Should have. Should have. Hold actually, on. Hold I, I on. I should have. Should have inserted <laughs> this when I I had the stick. Um, 
the thing is this i have it on high authority and that is at the top almost to the top of um, Bellator that they are no longer taking or that they are no longer prepared to take the UFC's cast-offs. So there would not be a home there Ooh, for, for okay. her. Oh, never mind. But I think, Mike, they'd, they'd make an exception. Yeah, they'd fast. make an exception for Rachel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come on now. They'd, they'd, they'd make an exception. Yeah. Exactly, man. And then they'd be trotting around at all events doing like a media yeah. tour and stuff like that. No, I'm Come not so on, sure. man. Yeah. They, they'd, yeah. Okay. Well, no, I know. Yeah, exactly. I, look, I know you for a, dip, you, you, for a bunch of reasons. That exactly what you said for that that pool too. Like, I think she would fare better in Bellator, and that you know. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, she I'm could trying develop, to think of you know. Yeah, but I'm trying to think of who they could. I wouldn't match her up against Valerie Letourneau because Valerie Letourneau oh, would beat her ass again. Beat. <laughs> She would beat the yeah, she, off of her. <laughs> hey, she, she would. I'd probably say Anastasia Yankova would do the same as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, if I was to do it, match her up against uh, Kerry Melendez. That wouldn't be a bad there fight. There you go. And that's and isn't that the um, the wife of Gilbert Melendez too? A little name. Indeed, it there. is. Indeed, it is. You yeah. Can promote this there you in go. Bellator. But I'm telling you, if she wants the money, she should go to Bellator. But I, I don't know. I think fighters just. Like all of us, we prefer the UFC organization. Like, it's just, it's that name. It's that organization. I, I don't know. I think it would be beneficial. Well, yeah, no, I love Kairos' idea. Yeah. I got to be real with y'all. Y'all were earlier, I let you guys say it three times. <laughs> oh, no. And I'm not letting you get off. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not letting you get off. This is what I heard. Let me, let me make sure I heard y'all correctly. You said it. She <laughs> wants to win a title. First of all, she ain't never winning no title in any organization. That's the first oh. thing. So that's not even an option. Don't even come in with, oh, if she wants to have name value, if she wants to but she Kairos, big names. She believes that. Every fighter thinks they're like a you. You know what I mean? Like, every fighter believes that they can be the champion. Like, I know this when I'm on my couch. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, you ain't winning shit. But they don't think that. They, they wouldn't be in this. Okay. <laughs> Well, guess what? It's it's time for her to come back to reality because you can't you can't be back here saying I, that could be me holding up that belt. I, I can be reality. me, and you and you got fifty-two <laughs> losses on your record mm-hmm. and only like four wins. Like you can't know. That's I'm that's you. you're not gonna yeah. be in the top five. You're not being in the top ten. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna hit the top fifteen. You got to go to a different organization. Not e- I'm not even like you guys are pushing with Bellator. She should not go to Bellator. She get smoked there too. She better go to Combate Americana. Oh. She better go to Invicta. She better go somewhere else because it is oh. not going down in those two organizations. She better not think about going to One FC. Like her option, she needs to focus on money. Is if she can't be yeah. worrying about legacy because that's yeah. done for her. Yeah. You already tested yeah. positive. You're not yeah. the most skilled fighter. I'm not trying to shit on her. Like yeah. she's a, I'm sure she's no, a nice I, when person. When she fought Paige, I was with Kyra. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, she's not that good. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Like that's when it. That's, that's when it, it hit yeah. me. I was like, oh, she. And when I say not that good, not to be mean or nothing, but like she needs more developing. There are certain fighters that are in the UFC and you know fighting on the prelims, and I'm like, oh, y'all could do a little work on the circuit tour before y'all came up here. But it's all yeah. good, you know. <laughs> But, but pay, even even that argument could be made for Paige Van Zandt as well because Mike and I we we talked about this uh, I, I think last week Mike that the when she's come up against the creme de la creme mm. those it's being Rose Namajunas uh, yeah. Jessica Rose Clark and Michelle Warson I mean it's it's been light work for them <laughs> yeah yes. yeah like um, exactly so like I mean 
let, let's let's call the spade a spade as Curtis Blade said if she wasn't as aesthetically pleasing as she yeah. as she is and if it wasn't for her thought pictures that she puts up on Instagram then I don't think she would be in the UFC so I disagree with as, that a little bit oh okay All right. I'm gonna, dis- I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you why I'm gonna tell you why let me tell you why you're wrong okay Paige Van Zant wins fights out of there was a period of time where she had the most finishes in the strawweight division there is she puts on performances and yes we could bring up the rose namunis fight but guess what mm-hmm. i saw a person who was surviving with a world champion caliber fighter for four something like three and a half four rounds not too many people are going to survive a fight with rose yeah not too many okay. people joanna got knocked out in the first round of her just being real so one of the greatest one of the greatest female fighters of all time couldn't even go the distance with her the first time she fought rose fight, i mean Paige fights her the first time she goes almost the entire duration this girl can fight, and I know you guys are thinking that Rebus is going to kill her, and I believe Rebus is going to win, but I don't think it's as decisive as you guys are making it seem. And Paige Van Zandt has had an entire two, three years to revamp her style and come out with different things, and I don't think she's necessarily spending all her time at Alpha Male 2 either, because that's a factor we got to take into account. Team Alpha Male is mm-hmm. one of the worst gyms of all time, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. They are ruining people's careers. They are ruining oh. fighters' careers. Look at what happened to Cody. As soon as he left to go to Mark Henry, what happened? Knockout finish. He's back on top. That gym is a cesspool. It holds you to crabs um, in a barrel type of mentality there. I'd Y'all like got to get out right of in this. I kind of agree. That drama they had with fucking TJ and, and Uriah and Connor was yelling. And even Connor was like, I'm trying to tell y'all he was a snake. And then later on, it came yeah. out. He was kind of shady. Connor was in the corner, like, told y'all. Like, shit was going on in that camp, I'm telling you. And then fucking Cody gets on a panel, like, remember when you shut up Peds and you showed us all how to do it? I was like, something going on in that camp. I don't give a yeah, fuck what y'all say. Thank you. Something going on. This man, too stupid to realize he told on everybody. All y'all do drugs. <laughs> the fuck? Tyra, don't get me started. Hey. I've been, it's like a conspiracy theory that nobody knows about, and you just open those doors. That that camp is trash. Cancel it. Just. I remember don't. being. I remember being at the at the. I think it was the two seventeen press conference. Yeah, pre, uh, the the final uh, pre fight press conference. And when he said that, I was just. I like, fell on the floor. I was, I was like, like all them drugs. I was. I, I was like. I was like. You're literally ratting out yeah, on the guy. You too. And, and yeah. You're literally, you're literally just just pull down your pants and show them the fucking pet scars <laughs> while you're at it, Cody. Oh what the God. fuck is wrong with you? He's like, literally. yo, yo, y'all talk to your mans. He told on all y'all. All y'all do drugs. After he said that, I was like, Uriah, everybody, finish. And then you saw TJ. That's why TJ left. Yeah, and then they had Yep. And then they had the other one, the misogynist coast. Let's talk about Justin. What did he say about um, female fighters or some shit? That place is a mess, bro. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Thank Yo, you, Kairos, well. for letting me vent about that because it's been something that <laughs> Michael and I have not been able to discuss, and I only do it on pieces on Twitter, so thank you for that. felt like I just had therapy. Getting us back on track. Mm-hmm. Last but by no means least, the man, the myth, the legend... Sangha Malata. What are you bringing to the table? Well, uh, gentlemen and ladies, G, it's a pleasure to have you yeah. back and be on the first show with you. you. Shout out to you. I can't have all the fun. Uh, I want a beef. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> As is customary now on the Worldcast, we are inevitably talking about comments made by Mr. Dana White, of course, president of the mm. UFC. Now, I can't remember, I think it was a post-fight press conference from the Curtis Blades Alexander Volkov 
uh, fight, or maybe it was the, the final pre-fight media scrum, if somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, where he said that fighting in the UFC is not a career, it's an opportunity. Yeah. So let me read out the some, some, some of the quote. I'll read out the full quote. He said, my number one goal is always that I don't lay off any of my employees and I don't want fighters inactive and unable to compete. You know when you're a professional athlete, you have a very small window of opportunity, a very limited amount of time. You know we get into all this money shit and stuff that is going on right now. Everybody acts like this is a fucking career. This isn't a career. This is not a career. This is an opportunity. Anything can happen at any given moment. You could blow your knee out, your back, your this, your that. Um, COVID-19, you know, who the hell knows what is coming down the pipeline. So you have to take every opportunity you can get. Now, I'm pretty sure these comments came in response to the, the question about the ongoing, let's say, feuds between himself and Jorge Masvidal and John Jones and even Conor McGregor regarding not not with McGregor regarding money but regarding bowing down to his demands. What are your th- what are you, your guys thoughts on this because to me it kind of just sounded like a bit of an ultimatum like he's like well if you guys don't want to fight I mean we can just we can cut you or whatever so what's your take on it? Do you want to go first G? Um, no, I'm still mulling it over. I'm going to do a, a Kyra. Right, I'll go. Let, me, let me think. Mm-hmm. I'll go first. I think that he's right. And here's why. I'm looking at the way that he said it. This mm-hmm. is not a job working for a multinational corporation. There is no 401k. There is no tenor. There is no <laughs> retirement. There is, there is none of that. So in that instance, he's correct. And to be real with you, yes, you don't get fed if you don't fight. So for people to think that this is actually a career, it's it's not. It literally is, by definition, it's not a career though. And these fighters who wanna act like it is a career, you need to do a better job of negotiating so it can be a career for you. We just saw that Jeff Neal has to go back. He, um, a person said Jeff Neal was forced to go back to his job working as a waiter. And then he later commented mm-hmm. and said he chose to. So, but the fact of the matter still is that he felt that he needed to make some money during this time, period, point blank. Jeff Neal Especially said chose to because he was like, I don't want no problems with nobody. So he like, y'all, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's, <laughs> yeah. Y'all, that's how I interpreted it. Y'all, yeah. Thank you, G. Yeah. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. He thank was like, don't put, don't put that in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he still, he acknowledges though that this ain't a career. You have to either have major money fights to make it into a career or you have to have some sort of way to make passive income similar to how a fighter has to do what they have to do when they're on suspension sean o'malley is making money doing his merch doing his twitch streaming doing all that other mm-hmm. sponsorship stuff it is off time same as all, all these other fighters have to do it this is not a career and anyone who thinks it is either has made it into a career or is just kidding themselves because let's just be real we saw we saw um rory mcdonald when he had one of the greatest fights of all time against robbie lawler made fifty nine thousand mm-hmm. dollars I'm not talking about the bonus. We know he got the bonus. But he made 59k for a title fight. Are you serious? Are you shitting me? How can, how can he make that much for fighting for a title? I know you lost. But like, no, this is not a career. Dana's right. 
If it's not a career, mm. well, what is it? A hobby? Like it pays their bills <laughs> and feeds their families and whatnot. So I don't know. I don't job. agree. I don't agree. I think it is a career. They put so much into this. And I think it's a shame on Dana that he doesn't make it a career because they have the money to do so. And I think he's just like treats them poorly, but then is trying to remind them that they do make money. You know what I mean? Like, And I think mm-hmm. in a week or two, he's yes. going to give another speech where this the UFC is a career. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> in two days, he's going to give a speech and totally um, contradict everything that he just said. You know? <laughs> like, I, 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 they have the money to make things a bit more comfortable for the fighters, and they should. I think I don't think Rory McDonald should make 59K a year. I wonder how many of all... You know, I wonder how much his injuries cost in total for what he's done for oh, the man. Exactly. For that second fight with Robbie, man? Yeah. God, that... For what? Yeah, and and not, not even that, that just not a career. Yeah, it should. Yeah, not even that, just the damage be. itself. And they're also they're, it's like they're doing so much for something that's not a career. To me, is they're just being ripped off. You know, it is a career. Yes, it's paying their bills, and then they have to retire early because they get beat up all the time. It's kind of foul that it's a job. You know. You see, to to, to punch up the actual to punch up the actual quote. This is not a career, it's an opportunity. Now, to be honest with you, this is the first time that he's said it with his chest. He's intimated, he's suggested, he's inferred this in the past. But just as you just said there, G, he loves to kind of like rein it in and to twist it and to whatever Mm -hmm. the narrative or the question that he's answering. He's doing his classic Trumpism there in that this is today's reality and this is what we're all buying into, right? Today, yes. this is all about mm-hmm. an opportunity. Tomorrow, why do, what, what do you mean you won't fight X, Y, and Z? No, this is your career. You have to right. show up. And what we're going to do right here is, you know, prove to you that I'm in control here. Well, that sounds like the machinations or that sounds like the kind of like ethos of a boss, now, the way that they've actually built their um, relationship with the fighters in that they are independent contractors. But why do they treat them as though they're employees when it suits them? And why do they treat them as their um, independent contractors when it doesn't? Do you see what I mean? It's like yeah. forever changing the narrative. It's almost like tectonic plates, like underneath this molten lava, but up above they're these plates which keep shifting and changing and that is the way that Dana White speaks it's forever changing in two weeks he's going to negate everything he just said (laughs) (laughs) he is (laughs) you hear the poetry he's speaking right now he's Mm -hmm. giving us this alliteration he's giving us imagery Mm -hmm. like the soliloquy and then his tone and and the voice with it like you just be flowing like a shit yeah even if you don't (laughs) agree with him yeah. Hey, Mike, you should, right. you should you should do audiobooks, man. <laughs> exactly. I've listened to you before I go I was to sleep, in here man. Like, I, man, I don't agree, but I'm vibing, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he knows he can control him, though, too. That's also why he's doing yes. it. We've seen it now. We've, yeah. We are adults, and we can, mm-hmm. let's call a spade a spade here. A lot of these fighters in this, in this organization, in the UFC and in the fight game, I don't want to say, I'll say it, they aren't the most business, business, ugh, savvy like business savvy yes Mm -hmm. they don't yes they don't understand what they're getting into and then the managers that they hire a lot of time aren't any better especially when you look we need factor in some of the deals these people take why in the world did you just make a million dollars winning in the pfl tournament and then say you know what 
I'm gonna fight Andre Arlovsky in an empty stadium for 15 and 15 and then lose. Who the yeah, fuck man. told you that was a good idea? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, be, who is your manager? Be, be, before I forget, someone that need money. Be, before I forget, I, I just want to say what, one That's last thing. That's why they thought it was a good idea. <laughs> I just want to say one last thing about this whole narrative that's been woven here. Now, this, I have to say, is a phrase I've only learned the meaning of recently, gaslighting. You all know what gaslighting is, right? Yes. Well, I was today years old when I actually, right <laughs> back in terms of the meaning and how it relates to Dana White, he is the classic gaslighter. Whichever Absolutely. situation he is talking to, either a journalist or a fighter to, He'll bend it to his reality to to be like, yeah. you didn't know. What, what do you mean you didn't know? That's Trump is, to his best yeah. friend. Yes, his best friend Trump is classic, the same way. Classic gaslighting, and you know that man said to drink bleach, Mike, and motherfuckers yes. drank it, and yes. then he was like, Nah, I didn't. It's on video. And, and, and just on, just so, slow down the testing. Just, it's gonna right. be great. Slow down the testing. <laughs> and just as an aside, you know, the classic gaslighters in our history have been the most dangerous mm -hmm. and they have led to loss of life. I mean, Jim Jones springs mm -hmm. to mind, classic mm -hmm. gaslighting. Hitler springs to mind, mm -hmm. classic mm -hmm. gaslighting. Now, I'm not saying that Dana White is Hitler. I'm not saying that Dana White is Jim Jones. What I am saying is that he's employing those techniques of bending the reality, gaslighting, to suit his narrative. Yeah, the suit has benefit, which is money, which mm. is to get paid. Mm. I mean, what did Sean O'Malley mm. say recently? That um, Reebok sponsorship alone, they made like a million dollars off of him alone, and he got a three thousand dollars. Three thousand dollars. Yeah, wow. that's mad. Yo, that's yo. That's that's, that's why it's an opportunity. That's why it's like. Well, that's all going to change when it's Venom. <laughs> when it's what? <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought it was Fubu. I want it to be Fubu. Oh, Fubu. Oh, my Fubu, God. Bro. Carl Kanai, right. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm glad you said Carl Kanai, because I said that on the last podcast. And they, these guys were like, what? Carl who? That's because we're old, Michael. That's why. <laughs> because we're old is dirt. <laughs> we know Carl Kanai. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's crazy. Like, I just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, you got a $3,000 check. Meanwhile, they made a million dollars. And then what else are they ripping y'all off for? Like, revenue, pay-per-view points. Like, they are just having a field day, this company. And it's a damn shame. Because those people go home and they're beat up. They got bills to pay. Mm -hmm. Like what Carol was just saying, like, who told you that was a good idea? Somebody that needs to pay the bills. So he took a $15,000 fight in the UFC. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's opportunity. Yeah. Like, you get a huge pay cut but more eyes on you it could be an opportunity you know like it's i don't know it's i think it's pretty complicated don't laugh kairos but it's fucked up like people <laughs> you know like these th these are things that they could be going through and i think it's really hard to stand up against a company too as powerful and as you know influential and has as much money as the ufc and they have no union and then you saw they're wrong though uh, what do you mean they can unite against them. go ahead Oh, that's so difficult to do. You saw, you didn't see Jeff Neal like, oh, I never said that. They're scared. Like, you can't get everybody <laughs> on board. No, he's, he's not in the position that I'm saying. Mm. Yeah, in, this, no. in terms of this. I agree with Kyra. ATT no. has 500 of the best fighters on the planet. 
Like, straight up. That gym, you're going to tell me that ATT, who has the top tip, five of the top ten of every division, can't say, all right, me and my best four friends in the same division are going to say, we aren't fighting until y'all give us a better minimum pay. <laughs> you are really about to not pay top five of the top ten fighters in the same division? Yeah. Are you for mm -hmm. real? Or, I don't know, the fact that they have, what, four, three champions in that same gym? If all three of them champions are like, nah, we ain't paying until my young ones get to eat. All of us eat. Not just me, blah, blah, blah. You could literally bring the UFC to their knees, especially during this time where they need to put out this quota of fights during this year for the right? ESPN deal or the fact that they need this yeah. money out right now. But y'all are just so goddamn selfish. It's only about you. Stop being so selfish. <laughs> that's the issue. These people, that's why I went back to say, I wanted to say some of these fighters are stupid, but that's disrespectful. Yeah. Some of these fighters don't understand the power that they have, especially when they're at these powerhouse gyms. Team Elevation, to all, Mark Henry's, all these gyms have so many world-class fighters who are mm -hmm. champions, contenders, top five, top ten, well, top you, fifteen. You mean to tell me you uh, you and your best buddy can't make them pay you? Come on. Well, let me ask. The, Even managers, what about a, man. What about like no. a superstar? Do you think someone like Conor or John Jones or like Masvidal can open the door to like a union? You know, maybe we need someone powerful to be like, fuck this. Do you think someone might be able to do that or... Thoughts? They don't, don't want to be the sacrificial shit. lamb. They don't want to be mm. the sacrificial lamb. Come on now. I mean, yeah. they're selfish. They, they, it's about them yeah. getting paid, not yeah, anybody I was else. Gonna say which that. Can't yeah. Yeah. It's an individual. It's, it's, in theory, notice, they, notice the three of them could out. get together and maybe do something. You know, that would be dope. Like if all the if, if all the superstars could be like, no, nah, I'm not defending shit. Go get somebody from Bellator to, to you know to defend this belt or some shit. Mm. Like what if the influential fighters you know were able to do that too? You know. But you see, that's what I feel is happening, John Jones. It's 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 yeah. a mission creep in terms of what's being achieved here. I mean, mm -hmm. so many fighters are nowadays saying, "What they're earning? How much off my back?" Nah, 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 nah. We have to renegotiate this damn contract. Now, Jorge mm -hmm. Masvidal said something very very similar recently. John Jones said something very very <laughs> similar recently. Sugar yeah. Sean O'Malley, very mm -hmm. recently said the same thing. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Just great Maynard has be been vocal by stealth. Yes. Yeah, but I, I if look at the list of champions that they you, they have right now. Okay, so you got Stipe heavyweight, John light heavyweight, Israel Usman, Khabib, mm -hmm. Volkanovski, and then the bantamweight and the flyweight titles are vacant. Then you got Amanda Nunes, Valentina, and Weili Zhang. In theory, right, John is already he's sat on the sidelines. He's entrenched himself in this stance that I invite him until you re up this deal. In theory. And I don't know what the delay is with uh, Izzy and Paolo Costa. I don't know if it's money or whatever. I'm, I'm just, just theorizing. Right. Imagine if Izzy said, I'm not going to fight until I get a re-up contract. And imagine if Khabib said, okay, I want some more money for fighting Justin Gaethje. And then yep. imagine if Amanda says, well, Amanda, she's already intimated that she's going to retire. Like, yep. so... I mean, these guys have so much power, as Kyra I said. I think the path they... to a union is that way more than, you know, mm -hmm. Joff Neal and other fighters just getting together in groups or like Leslie Smith, I believe, when she tried to unionize. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and you saw they cut her quick. They found a reason to be like, oh, no, we don't. You're not. You don't work here anymore. You know what, I, you <laughs> yeah, know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, that's what companies do when you try to unionize. Like, it's not it's very, very, very difficult to unionize when you're against like a, a, a company. So I can I, I can somewhat mm -hmm. relate to that. But I think the power is, is going to be in the superstars that Shasanga saying. Can you imagine of, if Khabib, Connor and all of them were like, fuck that, pay us and then pay them. And we're sitting out. They would bend. 
They would bend, but oh, they, they would I, do. They're selfish, they, they, like Harry they, they said. Gonna, yeah, they ain't gonna strip all of them. They're not gonna strip Izzy. They're not gonna strip no. strip Khabib. They, do it all at they ain't the same gonna strip time. Amanda. Yep. Oh yeah. So then you so then you can have oh, for instance, say if they stripped Izzy, what you can have the unmarketable Paolo Costa. Uh, number well as your middleweight champion come on man yeah like i mean as you say like you need it it it, well i I don't want to equate it to a a civil rights movement but you need all your big players all your uh, prominent figures to come together for change in any in in any form of of, of struggle that's what you need and that's what the fighter that's what fighters i don't know how they haven't come to this conclusion that's what they need to do yeah, it's it's that is more realistic and you know like more favorable for them than what I was saying before than them like trying to hire the Teamsters or literally trying to get like a union. You know what I'm saying? It's going to mm-hmm. be someone like Connor that's like fuck this or someone that can bend that company. And it might take more than one person cuz you saw last year, you know Connor, you know was getting in trouble and this this and that and he wasn't fighting and the UFC was still able to put mm-hmm. on really good cards. So it's not just like that one superstar. You see that Dana's walking around like, yeah, Connor's retired. He doesn't give a fuck right now. Either he's going to work things mm-hmm. out with Connor later, or right now he's got other people and this fight island coming up. They can move on and make money. So it, it will take a few of them, I think, to do this. But them hiring a company or, or them getting together will never happen. And their managers ain't shit either. They're not helping either. <laughs> I just hope that if if this does happen, if like... I know all the stars will have to align and all the cosmos will have mm-hmm. to align for, for all these fighters to unionize. I hope it just doesn't go the same way of the MMA Athletes Association. Because <laughs> as, as Kyra said a couple weeks ago, <laughs> I'm pretty sure envelopes, brown envelopes were, were dished out and like that union just collapsed. Because I remember, I remember, I remember that, that, um, that press conference. I think they had it in New York. It was GSP, Donald Cerrone, TJ Dillashaw, Tim Kennedy, who's probably simulating his daughter being abducted right now. But And then Cain Velasquez. Yes, I took a shot at Tim Kennedy there. I don't <laughs> like that guy. And then uh, also Bjorn, York, Bjorn Rebney was, was there as well. And when I saw that, when I saw those prominent figures there, I, I had some optimism. I had some hope. I thought, I thought that I this could be a real... <laughs> yeah, I thought this could be a real catalyst for change. Like I know GSP was technically retired, but he was still one of the biggest, yeah. na- well, one of the biggest names in the sport. And for me, his inclusion in in, uh, in this association was seismic. And even even Cain Velasquez as well, former former heavyweight champion. But it just it went by the wayside. It literally just fell apart. And it's a lot uh, harder it's, than people think. You can have power, mm-hmm. and you know it's really difficult. And then when you do it. As a group, let's just say all the fighters, the prelim fight, everybody got together and was like, fuck that. Everybody has to be on board. It just can't be Leslie Smith. You know what I mean? Like, they mm-hmm. cut her. And you saw, like, yeah. the, the dream team Chisanga was talking about just, like, fizzled out. It's not easy to make a multi-million dollar company be like, pay me more money. Don't be shady when they've been getting away mm-hmm. with it since they started. So, good luck with that, you know? So... I, I get sometimes why fighters are like, fuck that, I'm signing that seven-fight deal. I got bills, I got kids, and I'm going to have to retire by I'm 32. You know, they, they still have to put their kids in college, but they have to retire early. <laughs> so I get how the UFC bends them, you know. My bad. Just before we wrap up, I wondered whether you, any of you guys um, had anything to say about a UFC Apex for this coming Saturday. Dustin Poirier uh, versus Dan Hooker. Ooh, a fight. 
What a fight. Anything jump off the page? Yeah, um, I got something. You go first. You go first. You got it. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just putting my pick out there. I think Dustin Poirier is going to beat Dan Hooker. I think it's going to be convincing as well. I think he's going to stop him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I know I know Hooker's uh, on a on a good little run of form, but I think this is I th- I think this is still too too much for him at this moment in time and the dime is going to shine, people. Dime is going to shine. On our behalf because Dan Hooker at the moment is persona non grata. Now, okay, we're supposed to treat all fighters equally, but he's been talking some shit recently, especially, you know, talking about fighters being marshmallows. Okay, mm-hmm. he took the tweet down, but nah. I think it is going to be an emphatic victory for Dustin Poirier. I think he's going to shine just like a diamond. Mm. Sorry about that. No, he, and and as you say, uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Uh, what you call him? I, his name's even escaped me. Uh, Dan. I'm pretty sure he talks shit as soon as Tony lost to Justin Gaethje. He tweeted something like, "Oh, there goes oh, there he? goes your boogeyman Dan or something." Got form. Yeah, man. And I mean, well, personally, I, I don't understand how people can 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 revel in in the shortcomings of, of another person who doesn't deserve to be, be criticized or mocked. But I mean, some people right. take pleasure in it. And I mean, I, I bear no ill will to Dan Hooker. He might be a nice person, but it's pretty douchey behavior. Mm. Anybody else? Any, any other yes. things jump off the page? Listen, y'all might not know about my mans. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna put you on game right now. When I tell you what 45 is most stacked of is in the UFC, this is why. Sean Woodson, Julian Arosa, forget Julian, he's about to get sparked, but I'm telling you, Sean is the future of that division. This man is six foot three at 145 pounds, looks like Tayshawn Prince, moves like me. He's a problem. This guy is gonna show you guys exactly what is capable and the people who aren't ranked in this division. I think he's the first fight or the second fight, and this is a short notice fight. His opponent has pulled out, I think, Mm. twice. He's had like two separate opponents. Unbeaten. Yes. Like, Unbeaten Sean Woodson. Yes. Okay. He is a... As he's a, your man's, yes. right? Yes. He, I don't know him. He ain't my man's. But I'm just saying, he's, he is, he's got to be my man's help. <laughs> yeah, he's the truth. Right. Mm, okay. And before before, okay, you, before so, you go, guys, I don't know if you saw um, what Connor wrote on Instagram in response to Abubakar Nurmagomedov's uh, trolling of him. So, Abubakar... No, was that today? Uh, so, Abubakar Nurmagomedov, he posted a picture of Conor McGregor being uh, gasping for air with uh, Khabib on top of him from their fight at UFC 229. And mm. the translation was, this is when Corona... This Well, it's translated from Russian, so I'm just going to say it in full English. It's not word for word. But it's, this is what happens when, coronavirus, when you have coronavirus and you can't breathe. That was essentially it. And then Conor responded... In this, in this oh, comment, no. this comment, of course, has since been I hope deleted. Didn't. Yeah, I hope he didn't go there. Uh, go on. Okay, so I know what's coming. Yeah. So the t- <laughs> the response was, of course, you can't see it now. It was I figured it was all just a cover up about Abdulmanap, a cover up to hide the lack of activity and the pulling out of fights and running away. Good luck, but remember, Allah sees all. Yo, I, oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. I, Allah sees yeah, all. there's. Look, don't get me wrong. I know this man and his family and anyone in his bloodline is your sworn enemy. But to after after wishing Abdulmanap a speedy recovery as well. Yeah. After wishing enough. after wishing his father a speedy recovery and yeah, to to say something like that. <laughs> to quiet. say something like that, even and I right think now. this was only a day after the. 
after Khabib said that his father is still in, still battling the the virus. Well, he's not. He's COVID free, but the the side effects of the virus are going to be long lasting. Long lasting, and he's still dealing with those. Mm. To to say something like that, it like, uh, and I've I've been getting tw- uh, shit from some people because I didn't put the context the way that they wanted or what have you. But that's deviating away from the the the, the core point is that I mean. There's a man fighting for his life here, and you're you're saying that. Yeah. That's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. If, if I, wasn't he just helping people in Ireland with COVID nineteen? Yeah, he made a donation. Yeah, masks it, like and a, shit. So you've seen yeah. it firsthand, sir. So what the fuck? Like, it, I think he made a donation of like a million euros of uh, to, yeah. towards health mm-hmm. healthcare stuff and for hospitals yeah. and was delivering protective yeah. uh, equipment as well. Man, that just it. I think no. I just think Khabib embarrassed him when he jumped that fence and he jumped on his friends and he slapped up his friends and shit and all that melee. I think he's just so embarrassed that he lost to him so badly. I, I don't care what you say. When people start being like, oh, his takedown defense is good. like, And I'm like, he choked him out and beat him up. What are y'all talking about? Like, mm-hmm. he beat the shit out of Connor, And I think that really bothers him. And that Khabib, if he says anything, he just goes over the top with it. His, I think it just really bothered him that Khabib beat the shit out of him. Like, he can't even, he can't behave. He can't behave when this guy speaks. He's he's attacking Allah. He's called his wife something about being in a lampshade or something. You know, yeah. like, he called her a lamp once. It's too much. We know where this is going now. It's going to be on site. I mean, it's yeah. been personal for a while, but this is upping the stakes. And this isn't the game that you really want to be playing nowadays. It really isn't. Not Well, I mean... It's getting too personal. Yeah, especially with, uh, I mean, let's not sugarcoat. Khabib, whether it's through his own choice or whether it's through pressure and for fear of his life, Khabib has some shady people around him. Like, yes. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, as you say, it's on site. And f- as much as the UFC want, like, if they want to rebook a, a fight between these two, I don't think it's going to be safe for that to, to happen anytime no. soon. Can, can you, can you no. imagine? Like, do you know what? The, the best time to book that rematch would be now. Because there wouldn't be any fans. Because like when this rematch happens, yes. and it's gonna happen at some yes. point, unless Khabib just decides, Connor, fuck you, I'm leaving you without the opportunity to avenge uh, the the whooping that you which took, could which could happen. Uh-huh. When that when that fight happens, the division that there's gonna be in the stands, my God, I mean, you even saw some of the videos that came in the aftermath of the UFC two two uh, two twenty nine, where Khabib fans and Conor fans were golden each other. And then, like a couple fights happened as well. So this is gonna be like, there's gonna be such tension in the air, and like, they're gonna need serious, serious security. The build, yeah. Up. Oh my, God. the build. I'm not looking. F- the things that are gonna be said. Oh man, um, like it's. E- MMA Twitter is going to be wild. Can you imagine actually between these two? Oh, and I think you're correct. There needs to be no fans so that, you know, at least the corners don't no, fight. You know fans. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if, if the corners <laughs> fight, at least there won't be a crowd. It'll, you know. Hey, man, don't get me wrong. We all love grudge matches. It adds to the pageantry of fights or whatever. But there are certain lines that you don't cross. And for me, like, well, I know race is one of the biggest sellers in, uh, in combat sports. And we, Mike and I even talked about this when we were talking about Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury, the, time, yeah. the timing of the announcement of it. But for me, there are some lines that you don't cross. You don't talk about family. You don't talk about religion. And you don't talk about children as well. And no women, no children. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Two of those three lines have already been crossed, man. And just... Yeah. 
think things things will only get worse. And as you say said before, Mike, time is a healer and what have you. Time hasn't healed shit with these two. Time has healed shit with these two. And if if, if anything, time has just made the wounds even deeper. Oh. On that note, any more for any more just before I wrap this bad boy up? Yeah, I got one more thing to say. Okay. I think uh, Dustin Poirier is going to walk down Dan Hooker and beat him down and I think he's going to win this fight I think again I think Dustin Poirier is the better fighter I think he shines when he's not fighting Khabib and I think that, like Chisanga said this is too much for him so we shall see who's picking anybody picking who's picking Dan Hooker quick hits no, no I, I, I oh, don't think I thought, don't think anyone's picking Kairos you still there what made you right. think I'm picking Dan Hooker? <laughs> I, didn't say, I didn't say shit. I'm not picking him. <laughs> I was just making sure. I was just making sure. Yeah. Oh. So none of us are picking Dan Hooker. Whoa, well, <laughs> so one last point. Brett Okamoto has just spoken to Mike Perry, and he's told him that he does intend to build a team after this fight. So, Latore, your, your job, your is gonna be you're gonna be one and done, unfortunately. Yeah. So he's trolling. Us. Yes, he thinks he can beat Mickey oh. easily. Yeah, he's trolling. Can you imagine if Mike Perry comes out with super fast hands, super crisp, and just rocks Mickey Gold, drops him? That would be yeah. That would be dope. I'd be like, he's smarter yeah. than you think. And then he's gonna be that's all down to Latore. She's only seventeen, but it's all down to her. <laughs> yeah, that would that would give me life. That would be hilarious. And I don't for wow. for the uh, for the purpose of of uh, accuracy and any potential lawsuits that might come away. I don't know if she's seventeen. I'm not implying Mike Perry <laughs> is having underage <laughs> relations. I'm just saying it because she looks very young. So, Mike Tim Westwood Perry. Oh, bro! <laughs> <laughs> come on now, come on now! What a way to go out, man! Jesus! <laughs> I think we've got the graphics sorted for this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, Jasanga G. Kairos, it has been incredible. This, I'm so pleased about this this matchup. For the hard way is going to be a weekly event. Until next time, make some trouble. Okay, Pootie. Uh, Later. I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Lead. <laughs> Try, 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 try.